The developers of a Habitat for Humanity shelter guide for Solomon Islands are hoping it will be widely used to help create safer, more resilient and inclusive housing across the country. In April 2014, the passing cyclone Ita caused some of the worst flooding in the country's history, killing over 20 people and affecting around 50,000. Researchers and experts behind a new shelter guide for the country are urging local communities, government agencies, NGOs and all other stakeholders to make use of the research to both build better and stronger, but also respond effectively to shelter needs when disasters strike. Joining me now is a panel of a few of these experts. Thank you to us for sit down with Timifala Low Pacific Waves. Let's start with some introductions. Um, hi, my name is Mithul Vahanbati. I am a senior lecturer at RMIT University, and I am also a lead researcher um, as part of Climate Resilient Oniara Action Research Project, and uh, the recently developed shelter guide uh, for Habitat for Humanity, Fiji. Um, pass on to you, Doreen. Thank you. Uh, my name is Doreen Narayan, and uh, I'm the Australian Humanitarian Partnership Disaster Ready Project uh, Manager mm-hmm. based in Fiji. And uh, we have worked in three countries, Solomon Islands, Vanuatu, and Fiji, for the development of the shelter guide. And we have worked very closely with uh, RMIT University in the production of this uh, guide for Solomon Islands. Steve? Thank you. Uh, I am Steve Daniel Nikaweke coordinator of um, participatory urban settlement planning in Honiara for Solomon Islands, as well as coordinator for the um, shelter guide uh, work. Thank you, Tomas. Thank you, all of you. I'll start with you, Mitwell. If you can just let us, what is what is a shelter guide and, and why are you developing these things? Okay, um, so shelter guide is uh, a guide, provides guidance for um, a specific purpose in a specific country, but the term shelter is used in context of disasters predominantly. For Solomon Island, this guide we felt uh, should be developed for the people living in informal settlements because that is a a huge issue with urbanization and climate change. And the building construction code doesn't cater to the needs of the informal settlement. So this guide is uh, called Disaster Resilient and Inclusive Shelter Guide for Urban Informal Settlements in Boniara, Solomon Island. So we uh, try to incorporate the needs of women and people with disabilities in this guide uh, on top of uh, the housing being disaster resilient. So just last point, the guide is for the shelter responders, as in the international and local shelter responders who play a major role in preparing the shelter before a disaster occurs or immediately after a disaster has happened uh, in terms of managing evacuation centers or cleanup and in the long term as in rebuilding or retrofitting of damaged houses.
probably uh, coming to you um, uh, in regards to the, to the the funding side of this. Why why is it that you feel this is something important to support? Thanks, Karoy. I think uh, I'll just answer from a more regional perspective as to how the idea of coming up with these three guides came up in the first place. So this was uh, through um, a number of meetings held at cluster level, specific cluster networking level, on the, what are the gaps? Why, you know, what is it that people need? Uh, so one of two of the things that was pointed out uh, through those meetings was, firstly, the absence of uh, uh, resource material absence of a, a strong technical resource also inclusive of community voices and you know inclusion in it people with disabilities and women so there was an apps you know there was absence of a guide to help strategize and assist shelter responders but primarily to um, to help with their work and implement their shelter response more strategically and effectively so that was one reason why it was needed and secondly uh, we all know after a disaster everything is chaotic right and everybody is hunting and looking for information so that's uh, that's probably not the right time to look for or want uh, to have more information so having uh, a guide prepared in advance is a good uh, guidance for responders not just responders for um, other sector coordinators and stakeholders and the government as well to have something that's already organized for them to uh, you know have have look at and to um strengthen the coordination that's going on uh, before disaster and during a disaster also so it's uh, it's some the three guides basically is a mere suggestion uh we're not saying this is the only way this is a suggestion for the stakeholders uh, to uh, to make use of it and maximize the the knowledge and information shared in it uh, to help them coordinate uh, things uh, before and after disaster nicely and also um, just uh, basically it's also more of a one quick stop shop for them so rather than going to 10 different resources or trying to look for the right information so the guide basically has most of it you know that that uh, uh, shelter responders and other responders to basically uh, that uh, the information they look for. And uh, yeah. just coming to you, Steve, on from the law, side law Solomon Islands, like perspective, what what kind of input are you putting into this, and what kind of I guess context or strategies are Solomon specific that are coming into the Solomon guide? Thank you. I think first and foremost, we need to appreciate where the informal settlements are. In Honiara, most of our more than 40 informal settlements are in valleys. Yeah, they, they are in valleys. And almost every time there is a disaster, um, climate change related disaster, some houses get washed away some families get displaced. And this has been going on for so many years. I started, personally, I started working with informal settlements since 1987. And uh, I'm well aware of what is going on in the, uh, in these informal settlements. It has come, it has become prominent, if you like, noticeable, if you like, well, during the, the uh, 2014, was it 2014 yeah. floods? 
where a number of uh, homes uh, got washed out or washed away by the floods. And even those houses that were not washed away, there is need to assess them, how they build, uh, where their location is, what kind of materials they were using. And there was an earlier report, if I may just refer, refer to, there was an earlier study by, done by um, Charles Boyle. Now you may know about Charles Boyle. And he was, him with another person funded by Australia, they did a study on that. Um, what we do have now as a result of this, uh, uh, this uh, work is something more, uh, perhaps more detailed and more broad um, than what was done before. So it can be, this study can also, this, the result of this study can also be replicated in other informal settlements that we have in other parts of um, of Solomon Islands, the urban places like Aoki, Kirakira, Noru, Rizzo. So it is it is very very important. And and for the for the government, having worked within the Ministry of Lands, the Ministry of Lands still has the policy of upgrading of informal settlements. Now, that term upgrading covers a lot of things. It covers basic services, but it must also include uh, shelter. What type of shelter do we have in there so people don't uh, don't get what impacted so badly upon by um, natural disaster, climate change, natural disaster. Can I just add one one point to that? Yep. Before we jump to another question, just very quickly, just on the regional level, it was also acknowledged that the voice of the most um, minorities, which are women and people with disabilities, especially in shelter sector, it was largely not acknowledged. So through this research and the production of the guide is basically an opportunity to um, give voice to the most vulnerable. Thank you. Um, and I sort of, in line with that, my next question, um, probably to you to start, Mithul, is given given the low literacy levels in, in Solomon Islands and probably in some of the settlement areas that you're trying to reach, how are you hoping to get this information to the people that need to use it and explain it and I guess put it in a form that they can actually apply some of the things that you research? I guess who's your target audience is the question. A, a fantastic question here. Uh, that was front and center of our minds when we were developing the guide. So we we understood this cultural language differences, literacy differences, uh, and barriers uh, throughout the whole methodology as well. So when we were communicating to the local team based in Honiara, because we were stuck. Uh, in Australia uh, due to COVID reasons and couldn't visit the communities, we developed storyboards with lots of visuals. And in line with the tradition of Solomon Island talk stories, we actually organized lots of uh, conversations virtually mm -hmm. where we made sure that the purpose and intent of the study is not lost in language translation. And the locals are the best knowledge bearers 
they didn't have to translate each and every word we gave them as questions literally into the local pidgin language they were equipped with understanding of the purpose had images so even when they went to communities they had all these drawings and images to ask questions and communicate with local communities as well so the way the guide has been developed is is twofold usually the local people are the first responders and internationally we know it so the guide caters to the residents themselves as in what they themselves can do to prepare before a hazard becomes a disaster if it becomes a disaster what they can do after and um and so so the, the guide is developed for three stages of a disaster cycle, risk management cycle and that is preparedness response which is immediately after a disaster like temporary shelters and uh, evacuation centers and recovery so uh, apart from that we have touched upon governance as to who rings the bell and makes everyone aware that there is a storm coming and so and so forth the governance structures um but apart from what communities can do the guide also caters to what the shelter responders need to do and shelter when we say shelter responders we mean all levels of uh, stakeholders uh at ground level that could be community development committees uh ward level councillors provincial level councillors then uh comes the local government the state government and uh, emergency management sector overall uh and ngos uh who play a key role such as habitat for humanity so the guide has lots of drawings and images but we understand that it is still um in english it it is bound as a spiral so if people want they can tear apart a few pages from those and keep it with themselves stuck on a wall but our next step is to translate it into a one page poster which will just have technical image catered mainly towards those who are in construction construction sector and will have uh, text written in pidgin the other project we are planning to do is convert it into a story book which can be uh, provided to wider community and the third one would be potentially trainings mm. disaster preparedness training and technical training but those are projects and ideas in pipeline to translate this guide into something more that can become embedded in the local construction sector as well as among women uh, who just migrate to urban environment and not sure what to do so in form of stories which can also be in schools where where if people are online and do have access to the internet where can they access these resources so um this guide is available on rmit website on habitat for humanity website they just need to look up a uh, search for uh, solomon island shelter guide it will it's also available on the global shelter cluster which is the un 
a United Nations uh, body that looks at, uh, at shelter provision. And I'm assuming other countries, it's the same, just the country name and shelter guide? That's right. And we're trying to also have it on um, the Solomon Islands, some of its ministry website and the shelter cluster here as well. And obviously on, on Red Cross Solomon Islands website as well. Yes, yes. And uh, and the other countries, again, just reminding people where there are guides for? Uh, the other countries as part of Australian Humanitarian Partnership, for which this shelter guide was developed, are Fiji and Vanuatu, and apart from Solomon Island. So those are the three countries. Uh, but RMIT was mainly involved in development of uh, Solomon Island Shelter Guide.